How's everybody? Okay? Meditate well? Good. I don't want to keep going down and talk because I want to let you meditate. Yeah? Every time only three hours, and if I talk for two hours, then you don't come here to meditate at all. <laughs> you come here just <laughs> to listen to bedtime story. This is not good, yeah? You meditate. And I speak very little this time, because you can always uh, listen to my talk, yeah, from the tape and from the TV, because uh, all these years I talk a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> so there's no need to talk anymore, really, actually, yeah? And just because now I know they make a TV station and <laughs> they push me to talk a little bit more <laughs> so they can air it. Otherwise, we have a TV station and just put a blank screen. <laughs> That's also nice, and put my picture on it. <laughs> and they can sit there, watch it all day. <laughs> that should be even good. You feel better than in Thailand? Yes, yes. Thailand is just too much. <laughs> Everybody remember Thailand, huh? <laughs> Never forget Thailand, huh? <laughs> Cannot forget Thailand. <laughs> that was really, <laughs> how you say, suffer for the Dharma, huh? <laughs> okay. Here is our so-called home, eh? at least up to now. So we can do what we want. It's easier, and we have more more brothers and sisters to take care of everything. Yeah, in Thailand, language is a problem. <laughs> uh, the road is a problem. Nobody knows where to buy what, you know, what shop to do, or blah, blah, blah. It was very difficult. But now we're okay here, huh? Yes. All right, all right. Go ahead. <laughs> Even if we don't have anything to eat here, we can drink the Nectar River water. Yes. <laughs> That's no problem, huh? At least we have water. Huh? Yeah, water is still important to you, yeah, for the body, yeah. Some people go without food and water also, yeah, but we don't want to go to that extreme, otherwise everybody will run away from me. I feel sometimes very frustrated, although I've been praising you, but I'm very frustrated because you are too slow. You have progress, but very slow, you make me very tired, like I'm dragging a big pack of stone and going uphill all the time. All these years, you're still doing similar mistake all the time. Mistake is okay. Don't do it again. Huh? All the years that you have lived before you met me, you damaged your brain by meat, by wine, by negative uh, information and negative influence. You understand? So when you met me, you already kaput. Yeah? So very difficult for you to understand many things that I said, and it's very tiring. It's not tiring to work. It's not tiring to uh, lecture or running around the world. It is tiring to carry all this burden of the people's mind 
and their mind's game and their brain, all this kind is very, very terrible for me. For you? No, right? No? At home, can you get on well with your husband and wife? Yeah, huh? Easy to understand, right? Some, huh? Everybody? Really? Because you live together all year, but sometimes not understanding, right? Sometimes you fight, yeah? Uh, not fighting um, physically, but verbally, right? Because very difficult for you to understand. And your children, they're born from you, huh? from your blood and your DNA. They still don't understand you very well. And very difficult for you to make them understand what you want. Sometimes they don't want to understand, or they understand it, but they think their way are better than yours. They are more intelligent than yours, and always having more conflict. Yeah, or you tell them one thing, the right thing, and they do it at the wrong time. Yes, the same with the big family here. I cannot pretend to say that everything goes well, is smooth, and good. It's because you do not always understand. Anybody who tries to make trouble or to uh, distract my attention, these are long-time enemies. In the, in the past life, they have already been obstructing my work, my mission. And in this lifetime, of course, they already know, after they die, they know the right and wrong, and they vow to come back and follow me. But they are the worst. I still continue to do the same. It's just similar in a different degree, yeah? For example, in, the, in the previous lives, if I go lecture somewhere, they would go make noise and, you know, disturbing people or report to police or whatever so that I can never uh, have my lecture or have my lecture in a very difficult situation or have to run away. And this lifetime, they come back, do similar things, yeah? Just to do something, at least, smaller things. This is the karma of the past life. And if they don't change it, they will go back again, even if they have studied with me. Because they create different karma now, also bad karma. Do you understand me? So if in any way you do something that to distracted me when I'm lecturing or obstructing my work, you have to know that in the past life you have done the same thing. I mean, not same thing, I mean heavier things, heavier karma. And now you still have the residues of the last life. Past karma is something very scary. You have no idea how it does to you and your family and the master and the mankind. The scientist has been doing some research and has proven that even just a flapping wings of the butterfly affect the whole atmosphere of the planet. Can you imagine what is a flapping of your mouth and your mind does huh? to the whole atmosphere of mankind? That's why I have told you again and again, you have to be pure in action, speech, and thought. Huh? If, even if you know already it's wrong, you still do it, and it's even worse. Don't ask me to forgive you. I forgive you all the time, because I'm never 
condemn you in the first place. I never condemn you in the first place. Just I have to clean you up a little bit, just a little only, and the rest you still have to do it. It's not like you do something wrong and I can clean completely. No. The universal law is not like that because I have cleansed you already at the time of initiation. And I have told you to keep yourself in line by the precept. Yeah? If you walk out of the line, that will not be my problem anymore. Yeah? I might take you in a little bit, but the consequence that you have been out already in the mud and you still get dirty, then you have to take time to clean it. Do not think that you just do anything to provoke people or to provoke me and then I just call you and that will be finished with your karma. No! No! I wish that would be that easy. And then I just sit here scolding everybody all day long and then you're done with your karma. Why no need lecture, nothing. Do you capish? Yes. Do you understand? If I scold you and then I can cleanse all of your karma, then I will do it all day. Just come here, retreat, and get scolding, 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 and everybody go home, Buddha. <laughs> scolding Buddha. But it's not, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> it's not like that. It's not that simple. Understand? Not simple. The law of karma is like the law of uh, this world, eh? because it's within the world too. It's just more subtle, uh, less easy to escape. The law of the, the world, if you do something wrong, maybe you're clever, you can escape jail, or you can hire a very good lawyer, give him lots of money, then you can escape, yeah? But not the law of karma. That's the only difference. But the law of karma is similar like that. Suppose you did something wrong in this physical world, uh, according to the law of that nation. Either you get fined, you pay money, you go to public service, uh, or you go to jail. You see what I mean? Even if you know the president of that country, maybe he will be able to lighten your, your sentence a little bit. Maybe seven years become five years. Or may, maybe maximum become three years then. Huh? But he cannot completely erase your record because he have evidence against you that you have done something wrong according to the law of that nation. Do you, Kapish? Yes. Yeah. Even the, even the president. Look, many presidents in this planet has been prosecuted and have to go to court and have to pay something. I mean, either in his money, time, or his honor even, or even his office. He has to come down from the presidential office. He gets impeached. That means he gets, uh, you say, out of the presidential office in the middle of his work, in the middle of his term. It's not time yet, but people will throw him out of the office because of the thing he does wrong. Similar, the law of karma, whatever you do, you have to pay, knowing the master or not. You pay now, yeah? you pay in this lifetime. And if you couldn't pay, no, the karma of the past, master erase it all, so you don't have to come back because of that. 
And that's already very good. Because if the master are not there, you will come back again, 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 and again, and again for millions of times. But because of the master, erase the past karma in the storeroom. You don't have to come back anymore. But the future, now you have to contribute something. Since you already know the good law, you know how to protect yourself, and the master asks you, tell you what to do already, and if you don't do it, unless it's your problem, yeah? The, you go to the doctor, and the doctor gives you medicine, tell you to take two, three times a day. If you don't take it, then your sickness will recur, and you get sick again, or you even die, yeah? Okay. So many of the masters of Kuan Yin Method do not tell the disciple this. They just talk nice, oh, you are initiate now, you are saying, you'll be saved. It's not like that. It is, but it's not, yeah? You have to pay for what you do after you know what is wrong, what is right. <laughs> you see, especially the president, huh? he knows more than that, and if he does something wrong, the Lord don't forgive him even. You know what I mean? Yeah? For the ignorant people, they come in, they're sincere, the master power erase all the karma and clean him up like a baby again, and then he just continue his way. Only a little bit of the fixed karma for this lifetime he has to undergo, and that the master can even lubricate it and make it nice and easy. But if he deliberately do something again, you know, especially obstructing the master mission, that karma is very, very heavy. You don't have to kill the master to obstruct it. You understand? You just do any little thing even just to, how you say, to make it difficult for the master's work, uh, obstructing somebody else nearby to listen, then it's also the same. Maybe lesser degree, but it's not light sentence. You understand me? These kind of people did that before, in a different degree. And now, because they're disciples, they cannot do much more than that, so they do little, little things. And not all of you are innocent. Many of you has been, uh, like, very obstructive to my mission in the past. And now you came back to redeem your past wrongdoing. But you have to be careful. Whatever wrong, don't do it, okay? Whatever right, you have to. You have to be always careful. Don't listen to the game of your mind, okay? Don't listen to the game of your mind, because it will trick you again. The past karma does not leave us so easily, because it's, it's included a little bit in the fixed karma for this lifetime. So the subconscious is still lingering in that kind of past uh, action, yeah, or thinking pattern. For example, last life you are driving uh, camels, you know, in the desert to deliver milk to people, yeah. And this lifetime you come back, you tend to want to buy a truck, <laughs> also dealing with milk, delivering milk. For example, like that. Last lifetime, you are a scavenger, taking care of people's garbage. This lifetime, you tend to work in the garbage department. It's like that. 
and you'll be good at it. That's why many people are good at something, excellent at one job, but not excellent at any other job, because he has been doing it all the time in his past life. And some singer, or even non-singer, they seem so easy to sing, to dance, whatever, whereby other people find it difficult even to sing alone, not to talk about becoming famous, uh, top ten, or <laughs> something like that. It is because these people have been singer many lifetimes, or even just came back from being a famous singer. And this lifetime, he or she wants to perfect the art of singing and want to be number one, because maybe last life he couldn't be number one, or last life he has been number one. It depends. You understand what I mean? So some people easy come out from nowhere and become number one and getting famous all the time. And other people try the whole lifetime. And sometimes the voice even nicer, the music even nicer than the one of number one, but don't get it. But maybe he come back next lifetime, then he'll be number one. By the way, so it comes to also politics. Suppose any president has become a president, even by means of cheating. Do not blame him. <laughs> this is his allotted destiny, okay? And he has to come up in order to do certain things. And even uh, with the war, we don't like the war at all, but we cannot always blame one person or two persons who decided because it's the karma of the victims also. But what people don't know is, even if you are a victim and you get killed in the war, you will be cleansed of your karma and go to heaven. And the people who are destined to kill you because of last life karma, now they're going to have trouble. Because the law of the universe is that if you forgive, then both are cleansed, both are purified, both are even and none go to, to hell. But if one go back uh, and revenge, then the other one allowed to come back and revenge also. Or depends on how much karma this, the one who revenge may go to hell, get revenge, may go to heaven, and the other one have to go to hell. And then after a while, maybe return. <laughs> and killing each other again and again and again and again until the both party wake up or one of the party wake up and forgive the other party and say, no more, I forgive you. It's just like somebody owe you money and he cannot pay or you decided that you're rich enough so you don't care if he pay or not, you don't sue him. You don't go to the police and report him. You don't go to court and get the lawyer to put him in jail because he didn't pay. You see what I mean? Then both are free. Because if you are going to the court, file the suit with the lawyer against the person who owns you money, then you also waste a lot of time and money to pay for the lawyer and the time to go to the court and the time to get evidence, all the paper that you have, maybe you still have it, or maybe somewhere that's difficult in different houses, and you have to go and dig it all out. Always your own time too. Do you understand? 
And it's not sure you even win the case. Yes. So this is like that. If that person is enlightened and he thinks, Oh, I'm rich enough, what a few thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars mean to me, I'm a trillionaire or billionaire or millionaire even. Forget it. Yeah. Then both are happy. <laughs> and if that person later he has enough money to pay, it's fine. If not, then it's okay. He's, uh, the money is running around the world, somebody benefits somehow. Hmm? The world people benefit somehow. What's the point of worrying about which is my money, which is your money? Yeah? Therefore, uh, you often see my money is your money. <laughs> my place is your place. Yeah? And uh, our money is just to use to help people, you know? Even uh, helping people in Dharma, like printing material for people to understand and to get enlightened, or to stop eating meat, to be vegetarian, all this we spend our money on. Or to spend money on uh, uh, desperate people materially, yeah? Yeah. We give people the teaching for their soul, we give people food for their body. And we do whatever we can in this aspect, yeah? So even if people cheat me, many hundred thousand dollars or whatever, or take my things away, I say, okay, then I have less to worry. <laughs> yeah, there's no problem at all. It happened. It happened often, not often, but yeah, many times up to now, yeah, that people just take things for me or money or whatever, I don't care. If it's gone, it's gone. I don't worry about it. I don't feel headache about it. If it's gone, it's gone. Very simple like that. Whatever I can save, I save. Whatever I cannot, then okay, bye-bye. Like this, you live a more relaxed life. And you can be more free to do some better thing in life instead of uh, worrying about small things, you know, like, like money or houses or anything like that. I tell you, if you have money, then you live, you buy a better car, huh? the Mercedes. If you have less money, you buy maybe Toyota or Yilong, yeah? or <laughs> whatever second-hand car, it's, it's rolling, it's still okay. If you have a house, then you live in your house. If you don't have a house, you rent a house. If you couldn't even rent a house, you rent, uh, you go buy a mobile home or something, you live in a mobile park, yeah, it's even less trouble. Hmm? Or you buy like a caravan, and then you can drive that to work as well. You drive the whole home to work. <laughs> if you don't have the, the caravan, then you can always uh, rent one. You know, in a mobile park, they rent caravan, they rent mobile home for you to live. It's easy, less electricity, less, uh, you say, bill to pay. It's possible that if you sit too long, you have a sore little back pain, do you? Then you stretch yourself, yeah? You make a bar on a ceiling or somewhere, or erect a bar, have to be strong. And then you hang yourself with the two hands on it, or with the legs. It depends on... if you, They have a kind of shoes you can attach to your leg with a hook, and then you hook it on your leg. But that somebody has to help you, I think. You can't do it alone. It depends on situation, yeah? Or there are some, uh, some kind of instrument you can make you turn yourself upside down alone and then turn it back, you know? On a, on a stretch. Yeah, there are some kind of gymnastic. Yeah, that's also fine. 
I cannot hang myself anymore because my arm, my bone here uh, was broken a little, and I don't know if it's still safe enough to hang it on. Also, my this arm also been pain for many, I don't know, months. A lot of medicine doesn't help. So now that's why I tell you I have to protect my legs now. I'm not walking all over there for you to touch it or to hold it, and then I might triple and then fall, and then my legs will be maybe not good anymore. I have to protect now. First the arms and the voice, and the voice better today, and the legs I have to take care. After I broke my arm, I appreciate my body more because it's a really good instrument for everything. Yeah, even for driving, you know, for helping people. So I have to really take care of this little instrument now, huh? Don't ask me to walk around anymore, okay? Uh, it's enough that you see me take turn to sit in the front, different nation, good enough, okay? Because when I walk around, I told you a thousand times, please let me walk, but no, you throw, uh, how you say, throw uh, your blanket, in front of me, let me strip, or you, or you hold my legs, or I'm walking. When because I'm walking, I don't look down. I have to look at you, and then you throw everything in front. I don't see it. I will break. You know, I will fall down. That's no good. Understand? I'm not walking anymore, and that's that. <laughs> not walking towards you. I mean, between you anymore because you don't know discipline. You don't know discipline. Okay? I don't know who is going anywhere from somewhere and I get hold of my leg again or throw the blanket in front and then <laughs> that will endanger everybody. I, not to say well, if I fall on top of somebody and that person also get hurt. You see, I might be an old woman <laughs> and her bones already very fragile. If I fall on her, both of us will be in trouble, eh? Okay? So now you listen to me, that's that, okay? I have sacrificed everything I can. And now I just uh, take care of this little instrument for you, hmm? so that you don't damage it anymore for everybody's sake, all right? Just for a few people, you know, it's not worth it, right? Yeah, okay? Yeah, I need to be able to walk, yeah. <laughs> uh, where were we? Caravan? Ah, yeah, that's good. Okay, okay. Does anybody live in a caravan? A mobile home? Well, I used to. <laughs> I used to before I come here. Before, 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 before. <laughs> uh, even two years ago, I still live in a, in a caravan, you know, in a mobile home. Until something happened, then I cannot live there anymore. <laughs> Uh, not not my choice, yeah, the karma choice, and then somebody come and make trouble, and then the police come, and then we cannot stay there. Yeah, there's just always people come and make trouble. Um, yeah, okay, that's it. Mm. Yeah, we talk about the bed, it's too soft to make me uh, painful. <laughs> and you can hang yourself like that, huh? And then you stretch your back, and your back pain will be gone almost immediately. Just do it a couple of times. Don't strain your hand. Just do it like a few seconds until, until you cannot, and then just go down slowly. And you put, a, you put a, a small stool on the floor so that you can go up higher and hang yourself in the air, because if, uh, if the bar is too low, 
you cannot hang yourself, you understand, with the arm, because your leg will touch the ground. You can also bend your leg up, but it's better you stress the whole body, yeah? And afterward, you step on the stool, you come down slowly. Don't drop yourself on the floor, because then your, <laughs> your backbone will go back together again. Do you understand? Yes. Or you stretch yourself on the floor somehow, eh? like the cat and the dog. Yeah, you learn from them how, yeah? how they stretch their legs and their, their back. A lot of uh, martial art style learn from the animals. That's why we call them <laughs> dog fight. <laughs> no, they call them tiger stands, yeah? Or even... Uh, uh, What's a Even the, the crane, the crane stands. You know the bird, the long neck bird? Yeah, we call it the crane stands. The crane martial art or the tiger martial art. Yeah. Even uh, they learn it from the, the flowers, the tree. So they call it uh, cherry blossom stands. Uh, something like that, if I translate it right. Yeah, we learn all from nature. Even Jesus taught his disciple by nature too. He also say, "See the lily of the valley." Yeah, how does the Father take care of them? Yeah, see the grass on the field. How does the Father take care of them? So he means everything has to be natural, no deliberate. Bad, okay? <laughs> no deliberate action. If somebody is in trouble, you help him, and that's natural. Do not uh, sit in there and calculate how much merit will I get out of this, how many points, and how much should I spend just to get to that point and not more, not less. <laughs> and that is how you learn from the lily of the valley. Hmm? Learn from the grass in the field. Or learn from the animals. They eat just enough, and no more. Well, except the dogs, they always hang around thinking you eat something better and they want to taste. Not necessarily they eat. And my dogs, if I sit and eat something, after they already eat, and I eat something, they're still looking. You eat something better or not? <laughs> and then I give them and he smells it, oh, uh, they a little bit, no, it's the same, no, I don't want it. <laughs> so that means he's not greedy, you know? He eats up to his feel only. And sometimes uh, uh, in the night, you know, if they get up, uh, sometimes because they sleep next to me, so sometimes I get up and do some work. If I sit on the table, they think maybe I eat something or not. But I thought they're hungry, and I go get them something to eat. Even their favorite, they don't want it. So it's just for love, you know, to hang around only. Yeah. Because dogs are like that. They are social, you know, very socialized beings. If you sit and eat, they like to eat together because they are packed being, packed kind of animals. And they listen to the leader, yeah. So mostly in the pack it's like that. The leader eats first and then feed the pack because he has to be strong first in order to, to lead them, yeah, to protect them and to tell them where to go for safety and all that. So it's just like that. <laughs> but uh, in my world it's different. I give the dog eat first <laughs> whenever because I don't always uh, eat at the same time. Yeah. But later when I eat, they always come and sit around. Not only because they want to eat, it's just the pack stuff, you know? They want to be with the leader, and that's normal. Even if they don't eat, 
they hang around and sit in there. So it's not because the dogs are always hungry or, or, or greedy. It's not like that. It's just it's their social style to be with the leader when he's eating or when he's doing anything, just to be around. Okay? So when your dog looking at you like hungry, it doesn't mean he's looking for food. You just tell them that uh, it's okay, or you let them taste a little bit, and then they just don't eat it. Many times like that, okay? Just a dog style to be together, social. Always be with the leader, always listening, always uh, subordinate. That's the dog style. They're very faithful, very loyal to the leader, yes, no matter what. Mm. That's why they're very loyal to human, because they look up to you as a leader of the pack, even only two of you. <laughs> You're a leader, <laughs> and we are the pack. That's what it is. Okay? Now you understand. Yeah. Okay, that is just about it today, mm. because I let you go to have dinner and wash yourself up. If you come a little bit late today, it's okay. We are flexible, yeah? We are on holiday. Uh, we just relax, okay? Yes. It's just because you need to meditate, yeah? That's why I don't go down and sit. They, they give uh, like, okay, uh, breakfast time, uh, cleaning, and then meditation, master lecture, and then meditation, master lecture, meditation, master lecture. But don't always think like that, okay? They put it there, flexible, so that maybe I go lecture that time, or this time, or that time. Doesn't mean three times I come down. What for? <laughs> Who can talk so much? <laughs> and why? You know everything already. You just have to put them into practice. I don't even have to talk during retreat, actually, but just to entertain you, yeah? To stretch your brain a little bit. You stretch your body, I stretch your brain a little bit. And just to make you feel happy, yeah? Physically, mentally, emotionally. But spiritually, it's more important. You must meditate. Okay? If I come talk, talk all the time, there's no use, is it? No need, huh? Just put the videotape, that should be enough. <laughs> so during retreat, try not to talk, yeah? Try to be as quiet as possible. Always remember the meditation. During eating, during walking, during going to the bathroom, during sitting, yeah? During stretching, during sleeping. And that's how you will benefit, okay? Not only for my talk. Yeah? All right? See you later, perhaps. <laughs>
Okay, Jaladin Rumi, the great mystic of Islam, one of the greatest. Some people say he's the greatest. I don't dare say anything <laughs> in case I offend the Islam people. In this book, they say he's the greatest, but I think it's safer to say he's one of the greatest of the Muslim uh, mystics, a circle. Okay, he was born somewhere in Balkh, Afghanistan, and they believe that he died in southern Turkey. That is about almost uh, 1,800 some years ago. 1,700 some years ago, okay? But his teaching is still alive among the Islamic circle, especially among the uh, Sufis, Islam. And his teaching is timeless anyway. There's no, no period, no time, no space, can contain the teaching of any great master such as Rumi. Okay, since you have been a very good Muslim <laughs> all these days, you cover yourself when you're sitting, <laughs> and because so cold you cover yourself all over, it looked like a good Muslim to me. Hmm? With the cover with the cloth, yeah? That is a virtuous Muslim. Okay, so since you have been good Muslim, I'm going to read you this Beautiful poem from Master Rumi. Takoro? Takor. Good. <laughs> he made many beautiful, divine poems. Yeah. This master not only spiritually great, but he is also a great poet, especially divine poem. So he made many, many poems. All of them are wonderful. All of them are an inspiration for any spiritual uh, seeker or practitioner, not only to the Muslim people, but to the uh, all over the world, everybody, anyone who read his poem may be inspired, feel inspired to search for the divinity within themselves. Yeah? Anyone who read his poem feel very awakened, to the God, godlihood within themselves, and would like to really do anything at all to go and find that divinity within themselves. Try in many ways, look for the Master, pray, meditate, whatever. Everyone who reads his poem feels this way. At least I feel that way. Yeah? Okay. So here is one of these wonderful, extraordinary poems of Master. Rumi. The title is All Through the Night God is Calling Us. Wow, isn't that wonderful? The title is already very awe-inspiring. Okay. Don't sleep for just one night, my beautiful friend, and the treasure of eternity will appear before you. The sun of the invisible will warm you all night, so you will discover those splendors that spread ecstasy. 
It is at night that beauties unveil, unveil themselves. The one who sleeps never hears their soft calls. Wasn't it at night that Moses saw the burning bush and heard his miraculous summons to come closer? It was during the night he traveled so far that he came to see a bush drowned in glory. Isn't that beautiful? Drowned in glory. Wow. The day is for earning a living, the night for love, <laughs> the nights for love. So the eyes of the jealous cannot spy on you. The rest of the world may sleep, but real lovers throughout the night talk inwardly with God. All through the night God is calling us, rise up, use this time richly, you poor man. If you don't, you will burn with regret when your soul's separated from your body. Voila. And he's not making a vain poetry. He's not writing it just so that we praise him, saying, Ah, what a good poem you have written. He was not writing this just to satisfy his poetic tendency or even to share it with a couple of poetic friends who will admire the mastery of the chosen words. No, no, no. He has written this because he cannot not write, <laughs> because this is his experience, this inward experience. And I can assure you that because I have experienced this myself. One of the time I went to America, somewhere in New York, but uh, New York suburb, eh? not in the city. And I went to see a friend who was uh, also practicing Guan Yin method. And she was, and the whole family was initiated by a master in India. The, that master I also knew. I stayed in that ashram for some months also. And he's a very nice master too. And she was, the family was very nice, yeah. And they say, okay, uh, here is your room, you may sleep here. And they have a couch, you know? Yeah, and then they went and sleep in their own room. That house was a remote house in the middle of a forest with a small lake. Very nice, very nice. And there's nobody around there for maybe one kilometer. At night, I did not sleep, yeah. I did not want to sleep uh, on somebody else. <laughs> Maybe I make it dirty or something. So, and I didn't want to use their blanket. 
I don't want them to have to wash it after I left. <laughs> I didn't have a fortune of owning a sleeping bag at that time. <laughs> I was a penniless, uh, how do you say, mendicant? What's that word? Like a renunciate? Yeah, or just a penniless mendicant, right? Okay. Well, a long time I don't use so many words, it's escaped from me. Thank you. So mendicant is just like a monk or a renunciate or a spiritual seeker, you know? Yeah, they run around, <laughs> have not much to do except thinking of God all day long. Okay, now, so I didn't have much money, you know, I didn't have much thing. I used my coat, you know, the coat that I told you that I covered in India on the balcony, the corner, corner of balcony. Balcony is like that, you know, square, huh? And a corner like this. And they have no room in that ashram, so I cover my coat on top of this corner, and I sit there day and night for six months at least. Okay, that same coat <laughs> I had still after came, going back, uh, coming back from India, I still had that coat. So I cover myself just the way you cover with the guanin cloth there, yeah, and I sit in the corner. And that is a winter in New York, you know, maybe twenty years ago, some or more than, or less. It's still very cold at night, and the snow was very high outside. Yeah, and it's a countryside also, in the middle of the forest. It's pretty cold, but I did not feel cold. It's a wonder. I just cover a coat like that, sit there all night, and all kind of music, beautiful, all night long. So in the morning, I say, who lives next door to you? Why does he play music all night? <laughs> yeah, and my friends say, nobody. Are you kidding? <laughs> no one around here until one kilometers. And you can't hear music uh, from one kilometer long, no? I say, really? I thought you have a next door neighbor because I hear music all night. <laughs> she said, really? We didn't hear anything. I said, Rain, you never heard anything in your house? You sure you didn't leave a radio or television? Or... No, 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 nothing. Actually, no, because uh, when they slept or the light turned off, there was no music yet. And only after I sit for a while, and then music all over the house. <laughs> I thought it's from the neighbor because they're all sleeping, all the lights is off, you know. So no, no, no neighbors and no music. Uh, no radio, no telephone, nothing, no television, nothing was on. The whole night through was so beautiful, so beautiful. Yeah, well, I was younger, you know, <laughs> fanatic, don't sleep. You know? yeah. The same when I was in Germany, you know, before. I also sit all night and I hear many wonderful things and see different things, you know. Um, but the people around don't see, don't hear. Yeah, of course they're sleeping. Yeah, okay, like you. <laughs> Not really. You are good. You are good. You're really trying your best. I don't know how you do it, but you do well. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Not all of you, but many of you. <laughs> and the one who I'm not proud of, you know yourself. Huh? Okay, I'm not naming names here. Huh? <laughs> we keep it a secret. Yeah. No, no problem. People change, you know? Some people sleep now, but uh, meditate later. Some people meditate now, sleep later. Huh? Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's okay. Isn't that a wonderful poem? 
Oh, yeah, look at that. He even say in there, the sun of the invisible will warm you all night. That was exactly how I felt. You know, uh, the, the room where they gave me is not like all warm and like that, you know. But I had just a coat and I didn't feel cold at all. I feel it's a wonderful warmth, you know, all over my body. It's like a very light electric currents, you know, uh, traveling all over in my vein and my cells and everything. It's wonderful. So even if I sit all night, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel bad, I didn't feel crime, I didn't feel... I just listened to music and, you know, and seeing stuff, just like you are doing. It was wonderful. So that's why I know when he wrote this poem, he must write it, because it's like his own experience, yeah? He feels sorry for one of his uh, students, maybe, or his friend, so he wrote it for them, yes. In the old time, most masters, they, when they're teaching, they don't have that many disciples, maybe, because they have to hide, yeah? Even nowadays, sometimes I also had to hide. Yeah, many times I had to hide. Because misunderstanding between humans always existing, yeah, exists everywhere, especially when you became openly uh, a teacher, yeah, an open teacher, and you, you have so many uh, students, and then their family might not be pleased, their friend might not be pleased. Suddenly he shut himself in the room every night and do something in there, don't let anybody come in. Why was he doing? After he saw Ching Hai, he just sit and sit and sit <laughs> by himself. <laughs> and the friends want him to go out and drink whiskey. He said, nope. Mm. The <laughs> neighbor invite him to go over for a, a roasted chicken. He said, Nem. <laughs> and uh, all the, you know, buddies want him to go out uh, to play card. He say, sorry, no. Mm. Always, nom, nom, nem, nem, nick, nick, niente, nada, nai. <laughs> so they get a little bit curious. And when persuading doesn't work, they get a little mad, yeah? And then they kind of uh, hate that uh, Master Ching Hai, whoever that can be. And then so, you know, sometimes if they have power, they can use it and make trouble for me. Of course, I don't want to tell you all this, you know, I just say general like this, uh, go into detail, it uh, can take 10,000 books. Now, so even then, nowadays, we have all freedom of religion, yeah? But still in some country, we are not uh, a favorite, yeah? Sometimes uh, the government uh, uh, do not understand what we're doing, thinking we might want to amass power or something like that. It takes some time for people to understand, yeah? But never mind, meanwhile, <laughs> I suffer. <laughs> okay, so even then, so in the old time, the Master don't have that many disciples or, or always available so he doesn't probably use a teaching like this, yeah? So in, uh, in that case, he probably used correspondence, you know, writing poetry and secretly send it to whoever his believer were, yeah? Or they, uh, he make a poem and everybody copy it and go home study slowly, yeah? Because poetry appeals to the heart, also to the intellect, 
also to the emotion of man. Therefore, many of the masters in the old time, they favor poetry as a teaching. They don't talk so long, many hours like me. I don't even look at the calendar behind me. <laughs> okay, but since you like it so much, why not? Huh? Hmm. Uh, uh, he used a lot of poetry to send it to his disciples. Yeah, or maybe it, that is also the uh, how to say the mode, mode of that time. Yeah, fashion. Yeah, all the masters write poetry. Yeah. Or maybe also many of the master, they are very artistic themselves. Or maybe after they get enlightened, or their dormant talent uh, sprung up to life, and they know how to write poetry, they paint pictures, dance and sing and all kind. Okay? So this is one of the talents that has been awakened in uh, some master after they get high enlightenment. Okay? Therefore, he wrote it because it's all the truth. Therefore, when he, we read it, we feel it is the truth. We feel it's not like a decoration. It's not an embroidery uh, kind of uh, speech so that to impress people. It's not like that. But he write poem because it's nice, it's elegant, yeah, and it's easy to remember. Easier to remember a poem than a whole big lecture. You know, even I gave many so-called lectures in these year, many years ago, but uh, now because I have SMTV, you know, sometimes I look, see what they're doing, and I sit there and listen to Madame Ching Hai talk, I say, wow, I don't remember a thing what she has said, and say, wow, this woman, she can talk very well. <laughs> so much for my humility. <laughs> no, really, I feel like that. If it was somebody else, I would also feel, wow, she has eloquence. She, she hit the nails on the head, you know, really very direct. There's no nonsense, yeah, and everybody would understand it. Anyway, I don't remember what I have said all the time, but most of the lecture, they never repeat it. Huh? It's talking about the same thing, but uh, different. Yeah, okay. Just like you use the same ingredient, but you cook different dishes every day. Now then, why don't I remember all the lectures that I have said? Because they're not poetry. <laughs> I guess it's a very explanatory kind of speech, you know, which is very good for the maybe beginner or the people who just came in, or the interested people. But uh, it's not easy to remember all that, huh? Okay. So poetry is a very good instrument to teach people and make them remember very well. Now, so he said that don't sleep for just one night. Try it, he said, try one night first. And then, my beautiful friend, yeah, whoever that is must be beautiful. Yeah, a beautiful soul, yeah, who seek spiritual practice cannot be, but beautiful. Hmm. Don't sleep just one night. And he said, the treasure of eternity will appear before you. That is the truth, no? Yeah, many of us know that, huh? Yeah, but it's difficult, it's difficult, he knows that. So he said, he tempts you, yeah? And the sun of invisible, of the invisible will warm you all night. 
the collyrium of mystery will open your eyes. Wow, all that. Mouth-watering, yeah? So he, but he knows, it's very difficult, even though he tells he tell you all these uh, beautiful promises, you know, to tempt you, but he knows it's difficult. So he says, this evening I beg you. He don't order, he says, I beg. I beg you, fight against yourself. Don't sleep. Wow, fight against yourself and don't sleep. So you will discover those splendors that spread ecstasy. It is at night that beauties unveil themselves. How come at night, huh? Why not in the daytime? Hmm? Why beauties are only unveil themselves at night? Anybody know? Silence? What? For only sincere sister, because you don't sleep? Because the heart's open? The day they close, the heart close? <laughs> and you? The mind is quiet. What else? Hmm? From inside. From inside? Hmm. Ah, oh, no, not too much. Uh, yeah, thoughts are flying around to, how you say, to uh, interfere with your with your vibration. Yeah, you. Tranquility of the night. Okay, all right. Any more wizard? <laughs> the wizard of Guanyin. No more. Huh? For what? In our cell, in the cell, we reveal. Well, I'm asking. I know what I ask you. Why? Yeah. Master Power came at night. Don't come daytime. Wow. It's kind of very <laughs> strict. Master Power, eh? Come only at night. The what? The brain start working. Stop or start? Stop working. It stop working at night. The brain. Wow, then you brain dead at night? <laughs> I understand. Okay, what next? Uh, huh? What did she say? More relaxed. More relaxed. Oh, okay. Don't repeat the, what the neighbors already said. Just say something new. Anything else? They don't disturb. They don't disturb. Ah, no people disturb you. All of you, almost. All right, all right. Put together, then it's right, like a puzzle, <laughs> like a puzzle. Yes, of course, all that, yeah, and more, of course. Hmm. At night, you know, when uh, all the most of the people of the world around you are quiet down, yeah, no thoughts flying all over, crisscrossing the whole atmosphere, yeah, and you yourself also have no distraction and no work to do. And most of the time, at this time, your brain, your mind is a little bit tired. Yeah. So it also doesn't want to disturb you. Yeah. And like you sneak out of the mind, yeah, and sit by yourself. And then you can receive more of the Master Power blessing. 
although daytime also have, but you are busy catching here and there, you don't catch enough of the master power at night. Uh, at night is better. That's all correct, so, yeah, good. The one who sleeps never hears their soft calls. Wasn't it at night that Moses saw the burning bush, bush and heard its miraculous summons to come closer? He is asking his friend. It was also at night that Moses had seen the flame in the bush, yeah? And the bush also beckoning him to come nearer. That was the sound of God. That was the command of God. That God has appeared to Moses in all glory of heavenly light. And he's seen from afar, it looked like burning bush. But this is for lack of adequate description of heavenly light. And then the sound was calling him, that was God calling. And that was all at night. He asked his friend, Don't you remember? It is said that Moses had seen the flame in the night and heard the calling also in the night. Yeah. It was during the night he traveled so far that he came to see a bush drowned in glory. Wow. It was during the night that he traveled so far. Where does he go? Where did Moses go travel so far? Huh? The what? How do you know it was the fifth level? <laughs> it might not be. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the fifth level to see this a bush of flame. Huh? Could be a little bit lower, also fine. Yeah. He travels so far. It doesn't mean physical travel, does it? Yes, because in the night, in the old time, no matter how fast your camel walked, it cannot be that far, yeah? So he would not, uh, Master Rumi wouldn't have said, so far. Yeah, he would say, oh, he traveled somewhere. Oh, he traveled a little while. Or he might travel, say, during the, he traveled the whole night. But he wouldn't say that during the night he traveled so far. Yeah? So that he came to see a bush drowned in glory. That can only happen with the inner vision, yeah, of a highly uh, elevated spiritual practitioner. Ha, huh, I wonder. He's a Muslim, but he mentioned Moses. Huh? It seems like in Catholic Bible. Mm. So in the old time, any master would know that all the religion point to the same direction. Yeah. So he has already no discrimination against any other religion. Don't you see? Yeah. Furthermore, in the Quran it's mentioned that all religion belong to God. So that means all religion are okay. Translation, all religion talk about the same thing. Yeah? Okay. Now he's worried that his friend misunderstand him. So he further elaborate. Why at night? Mm. He said further, the days for earning a living, the nights for love. Ah, now you think, huh? I have a husband, I have a wife. Ah, that's what he means, okay. 
Yeah, we do express our love at night. Aha, I understand. Do you understand really? <laughs> yes? Wow. So I guess right, huh? Aha. Uh-huh. So that's the kind of love that you think he's uh, bothering, writing down here for the later generation to know, since he thinks you don't know anything about that. He has to write it down. Yeah? No. No? Okay. Well, thank God. <laughs> Some of you know. All right. So what kind of love that he's saying? God's love? Okay, let's see what kind of love he, he meant. So the days for earning a living, the nights for love. So the eyes of the jealous cannot spy on you. Who can that be that? Jealous. Who? Who can be jealous of these kind of people who don't sleep at night? Huh? Could it be that he's jealous about the love between you and your wife or your husband? Maybe a third lover somewhere? Huh? No? Who can be jealous then? Tell me. The people who don't know God? Yeah. What else? Huh? The Lord of Maya? No. What else? Huh? Negative power. Negative <laughs> Same thing. Inner experience, yeah, cannot tell other people? Cannot tell other people without the master permission. He didn't say anything like that, but he say, the nights for love, so the eyes of the jealous cannot spy on you, okay? When you do Kuan Yin, uh-huh, they don't let people see you. When you meditate, better people don't see you too much, hmm? because they might come and say, what are you doing? Do you have a headache? <laughs> are you so tired that you're sleeping <laughs> while sitting? Why don't you go to bed? And they're all kind of, you know, mothering you, hmm? mothering and smothering. And people also don't know, and if you explain it, some people even misunderstand further, yeah? And keep asking and thinking you are weird also, yeah? Same in the Bible, it is mentioned, Jesus said that when you pray to the Father, yeah? you pray in the closet, yeah, and uh, our Father in heaven will reward you openly, yeah? Mm. Yeah, because actually if people don't know about Kuan method, about meditation, when they see you sitting there, of course they became kind of curious, huh? Or some people feel that, what for he's not doing anything? A two and a half hour he could go out and <laughs> do something more for me, yeah, help me to do this, do that. Why just sit there doing nothing? Yeah? They also will envy your leisure. Yeah. And your, how would say, liberated kind of attitude that you just sit there without care in the whole world. And other people, they have all kind of worry. They run around the whole day thinking by running around they might help the world or help themselves or do whatever. That's a great mission that they think they're doing. So if you just sit there doing nothing, 
so they think you're doing nothing, then of course they get jealous, no? They feel weird, huh? And they try many ways to disturb you. Don't talk about negative power, maya or anything like that yet. Your friend, your neighbor, your family member is already enough a disturbance. So at night, if everybody sleeps in your house and you quietly go into your corner, you meditate, nobody knows. That is if you don't have a partner. <laughs> if you have a partner, you have to wait until that partner asleeps, and sometimes it takes the whole night, <laughs> or half a night, yeah. Well, that's why um, Saint, I think Saint Paul, he say, oh, it's better to be single, but if you want, you can marry, yeah? <laughs> no? If you're single, you're more free, yeah? You don't have to ask permission to go on retreat. You don't have to explain your vegetarian diet. You don't have to hide my picture. <laughs> you don't have to read my book in the toilet. <laughs> Only, <laughs> for example, eh? I understand. So, all right. So the family member or your friend, your close associate could be the jealous that Rumi mentioned in here. Anyone, anyone that who doesn't know the meditation practice that you're doing. So he's right, huh? He's right. According to our experience, you know so well about this, huh? Even husband became jealous of the wife. Wife became jealous of the husband. I thought only the wife became jealous of me because her husband practiced and came to group meditation. But sometimes the husband also jealous with me. My God, why? <laughs> because he thinks his wife loves me more than <laughs> loves him. <laughs> it could be true. <laughs> so even our family member could be the jealous one that he mentioned in here. So in the night, if we finish all our house, household duties and discharge all our work, then we can sit quietly, hmm? without people having complained to us that we don't do anything, or blah, blah, blah. But it's difficult, huh? Difficult to stay up all night and then go work at, in the daytime, huh? But everything just a habit. <laughs> Slowly you get used to it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> okay. I can go to sleep if I have nothing to do. If I have things to do, then I just do it. I don't remember sleeping. If I have a lot of work to do, then I don't sleep. If I have nothing to do, then what will I do to pass the night? I go sleep, no? <laughs> it depends on the situation, huh? Recently, just I don't know how to spell sleep, really. <laughs> I forget all about it. No time <laughs> to think about that. <laughs> But if nothing to do, I can sleep very well, hmm? most of the time. Okay? Hmm. He says further that the rest of the world may sleep, but real lovers throughout the night talk inwardly with God. That's what we're doing, huh? Hmm. Many of us, na? some of us, na? 
a few of us, no? <laughs> or maybe none of us. <laughs> Never mind, you're trying your best. I see some of you sit throughout the night and very diligently. <laughs> we do hear some sound, <laughs> see some light and hear some sound. <laughs> That's why yesterday or the day before I told them to turn off all the lights, so that maybe you can distinguish which light is what. <laughs> all through the night, God is calling us. Wow, poor God, <laughs> He doesn't sleep. He's calling on deaf people. <laughs> we hear nothing. Rise up, use this time richly. You poor man. First he was very polite, my beautiful friend. Hmm. And then he keep talking to deaf ears. So <laughs> when finally he say, "You poor man, rise up." <laughs> First he say, uh, "This and that, <laughs> my friend, don't you know?" La la la. And then I say, "Rise up, poor man." <laughs> if you don't. You will burn with regret. Now he's all frank, straight, blunt, open. No more sissy sassy, no more nonsense, no more uh, beating around the bush. Eh? Rise up, you poor man. Use this time, I mean the night time, the free time, the, night that, the time that you're not working and not sleeping, use it richly, I mean wisely. You poor man. No, he's not polite. Say, rise up. If you don't, you will regret. <laughs> not just regret, but burned with regret. That bad. Surely, when your soul is separated from your body, my God, he's telling complete truth about it. You know, many people, including our brothers and sisters, you know, after she passed away, she feel very bad because she was sitting in a lower level and watching others speeding by, zoom by, fly by to a higher dimension. At that time, feel very, very terrible. She felt that she has wasted her time on this planet for all nonsensical purposes. Money she couldn't take, husbands, it's not coming with her. Son's daughter stayed behind. Anything that meant so much to her became nothing when her soul is separated from the body. Some of our, some of your brother and sister really experienced that in a lower heaven. Feel very, very, very sorry. Now I'm telling you this, you feel nothing. It doesn't concern you. You understood intellectually, but you don't really realize the meaning of it until you really, after you die, after you leave the physical body, immediately you know what it is. So this Master, he's really great. He really knows all that, what he's talking about. And he really cares about whoever that is that put trust in him, yeah, so his disciples or his friend, whoever that is. He really cared for them, so he told them everything. 
so clear, so straight, no hidden calendar, nothing. Really, it's a true black and white like that. I do hope you understand his poem, I mean, deep, deep, deeply understand and practice it, yeah. If you want, you could recite this every night. <laughs> or whenever you want to sleep, you recite this. You bow to this poetry, reminding yourself to be more diligent. Not so much fanaticism, but try your best to be awake, yeah? In Hungary, I keep telling you that. Do you remember? I said, just stay awake, even if you cannot concentrate, just stay awake for me, at least when I'm around, just stay awake for me. Remember that? Then you will have really uh, some experience of powerful transmission of enlightenment. I don't know any of you experienced that or not, in Hungary retreat or not. Some of you did? The Hungarian retreat, anybody here? One or two or three, four, five, six, seven, okay. When I said that, stay awake for me, I really meant it. And I really knew what I was saying. But I don't know if you knew what I was saying. Nevertheless, I keep saying that to you. I don't know if it was recorded or not. It's also recorded? Oh, okay. Wow, at that time when I said that to you, you know, I really am those words. I really want you to understand that, but okay. <laughs> but it was a powerful retreat, and nevertheless, huh? Okay, because a long time you haven't seen me, also, huh? I said, and also I was uh, straight from the cave, huh? <laughs> and all of you feel recharged very well. I feel that was a very powerful one, and I really, really meant. I really asked you not to go to sleep. Just stay awake. That's enough for me. Just stay awake, and then you will feel something. Okay, so I think this master meant exactly just what he said and knew exactly what he was saying. That was a very beautiful poem. Yeah? Thank you, Master Rami. It's truly a beautiful reminder. Yeah? If you guys want to buy this book, there's many more poems in it. You can read it. Uh, is uh, printed by Shambhala, Boston and London. Uh, it's um, called The Teachings of Rami, 1999, all right reserved. <laughs> it's Shambhala Publication, INC, uh, Horticultural Hall, 300, Massachusetts Avenue, Boston. Massachusetts zero two one one five www.shambhala.com. That is in case you want to buy the book. Okay, I'm not advertising for any commission here. Okay, <laughs> but just in case you want the book, you can buy. It's very beautiful. Also, a book about Kabir poetry. Also, perhaps they also have it in this uh, publication company. All right, or you just try on internet see where sell. Yeah, because I cannot read all this. It's a copyright, there's a copyright. It's not that, but I don't think they mind. It's just that uh, it's a lot, you know? 
and there's no need for me to read it all to you. You should read it for yourself whenever you feel like, and there's no need to explain much because his poetry is crystal clear. Yeah? Even if I didn't explain all this to you, you would have understood anyhow. Yeah? Because it's so simple. So it's very good to read some other books now and again. It's not forbidden to see, you know, to compare and to know that really the old practitioners, they are doing the same thing. And the old master, they were saying the same thing. Yeah? No matter what religion the master belonged to, they say the same thing if they are enlightened. Don't you see? Kabir said the same thing. And this Muslim master say the same thing. Yeah? Hmm. And remember when I told you some of the uh, funny poem about there's another Muslim master that uh, Narusdin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he say also the same thing. But he said less. His poem are more concentrated. I guess maybe because he has a wife and kids, he don't have much time to write. <laughs> His wife also enlightened anyway. Wife, kid or not, it's no, no big deal. Yeah? yeah, The master is always a master, no matter what he does. It's just his destiny, he has to have a wife and kid, that's it. That's his destiny. And some masters have destiny of no food. <laughs> maybe don't need to eat or maybe didn't give food to the poor in the old lifetimes or in this life born cannot eat. Uh, no food allotted to him, he doesn't eat. Or some people don't, just don't eat by divine order. Yeah? Just to show to mankind that ma man doesn't live from bread alone. That's, this. That's it. Okay? So many miracles do happen in the world and God does really show sign of wonders. But people always ask for more, yeah, and they just ask and ask and ask, <laughs> but they don't do anything. They don't follow that master. Uh, even if he gives food, he doesn't request uh, the non-food diet like him even. They still don't follow, you know? People might worship that kind of person, but they don't really follow, don't even do much. You know what I mean? It's like, like a, the, the ninth wonder of the world, that's it. And people come and go, come and go and say, Oh, la la, don't eat, oh wow, wonderful. <laughs> that's it, you know. Most people, they respect or they feel awesome, yeah, about somebody who has a great character or who make a very good example. But people seldom follow. That's the thing, yeah. Well, I'm glad you do follow some good example, yeah? from the Buddha, from Jesus, from Mohammed, or from Guru Nanak, whoever, those great masters that you have uh, revered in your heart up to date, uh, until now and in the future, continually. I'm glad you follow their example, yeah? And that is more important than saying, I am Sikh, I am Catholic, I am Buddhist, I am... Muslim and don't do what the prophet has taught. You understand me? Yeah. So there's no need to say what religion you belong to. Just be a good example and people, whoever, if the Muslim, he see you as a good man, he will think you are Muslim. <laughs> a Catholic see you that you are living according to Jesus' uh, teaching, then he think you are a Catholic, yeah? Uh, or the Buddhist. 
whatever. Yeah. But if you keep saying you are this and that religion, belong to this and that religion, and you don't live the life of that religious order, then it's useless. Yeah. Nobody even bothered to recognize what kind of religion you came from. In fact, they might even look through you and have suspicions about the religion that you are broadcasting. You see? I say, oh, if you are Muslim like that, I don't want to be a Muslim. If you are Catholic like that, oh, I don't want to be a Catholic. Oh, I don't want to be Buddhist, because it's like you like that, I don't feel Buddhist is good. You understand me? Yes. So no, no matter the religion anymore, we just be an example of divine love, compassion, sacrifice, compassion, then everyone will feel impressed, even our enemies. <laughs> While talking about enemies, we really have to love our enemies. Do you know that? Because they come back and you have to love them. They come back as your wife, your husband, your sons, your daughter. <laughs> then that's the way <laughs> you have to love your enemy. You do it now, or you come back and do it later. You do it willingly, or you have to do it by order of the Lord of Karma. Hmm? There's a joke. It goes like this. A man died, you know, and went to hell. And uh, the king of Hade received him in front of his uh, throne together with another person. And he said, You, Mr. Johnson, you own this person, Madam Smith, so much money, but you haven't paid back. So she is suing you. I think because you didn't pay her back, and I don't think you can ever pay her back if you come back next life as a human again. Since you don't have any merit in your account, you're not going to have any money at all again in the next lifetime. So I am going to make you become a horse so that you can work all your life, or maybe a, a buffalo. You can carry the cart, you know, the, the car, and carry her all your life until you repay your debt, or maybe spill over the next life even. So the man, you know, the money owner said, Oh, king, maybe it's not a good idea. Even if I became a horse or a buffalo or a dog or whatever, I will never be able to pay it all to her. So why don't you make me become her father? <laughs> and I will pay my whole lifetime. <laughs> You know, since the day, her date of birth, I will be keep paying, paying, paying. <laughs> so, and in that case, he will be very willingly paying, nay? Because he will love uh, whatever she might be reincarnated into. Yeah? And in that case, whatever she wants, he will give. You know what I mean? Willingly <laughs> and uh, lovingly and even proudly. <laughs> yes, my daughter. <laughs> you know, I pay a hundred thousand dollars to go to college. Look at what she is now. <laughs> uh, I'm still paying for her uh, apartment. 
Uh, you know, she wants uh, a helicopter. I am going to get it for her, <laughs> for example, like that. Yeah? So, okay, that is really <laughs> similar to love thy enemy. Yeah? <laughs> you must love them now. <laughs> or else you have to come back and love them even more. <laughs> okay? <laughs> yeah. And I told you another uh, joke, remember? Uh, you know, a little kid fell in love with a little kid. <laughs> uh, schoolmate, you know? And he came home, asked his father. You know, sometimes kids, they, they think they fall in love. They have a crush, you know, on somebody in the class eight years old or ten years old or something, and the kid come back home eight years old, asks his father, Father, is it expensive to be married? <laughs> father said, Yes, son, it is very expensive. So the son asked, uh, How much it cost? And the father said, I don't know, son, I'm still paying. <laughs> the wedding cake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a wedding cake, <laughs> very expensive. <laughs> okay, now you can meditate, all right? Hmm.